Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Well, the plan is just to give 11 million people citizenship because, you know, that makes sense. I guess this immigration bill is just super wonderful and terrific. Everybody should just love it. On board, one and all. It's a bad bill. And America should ask themselves, should 11 million people get citizenship just because they're in the nation? Shouldn't it matter that people came into the nation illegally? Shouldn't it matter that we still use the term illegal immigrant or illegal alien? There are people who want to get rid of the terminology altogether. If you get rid of the terminology and you change what is fact, you realize that George Orwell was nothing more than a blueprint for these people. These people who want to pretend that the world isn't happening the way it is. You see, when you don't cross the street properly, you should go to jail. When you say something that offends somebody else in a faraway land, you should go to jail. You should be canceled. You should be finished and done. They want to change entire vernaculars, and yet that's not a problem. We should argue that that's a very large problem, if only because they're being dishonest with us and we can't have that. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833, got Tony, 833-468-8669. The legislation creates a path to citizenship for 11 million what they call here undocumented immigrants. It's a legal alien. It's a legal immigrant. That is it. Nothing more and nothing less. I favor immigration in every way except illegally. And I do not believe that we should be giving favor for people who break the law. It is such an insult. It is, by its very nature, a bigoted concept to tell people who have broken the law to get into the United States, well, you get to stay. Because you had children? I don't buy in. Now, I will tell you that there is certainly a conversation to be had about what they call dreamers, right? You got to love they're called dreamers. As if somehow they're dreaming of this. They've never dreamt of this a day in their lives. Their parents very well may have. I don't put forth that the people who have broken the law to get into the United States are all bad people. They had a dream. I, I, I don't fault them for the dream. I fault them for how they did it. I have a dream of being self-sufficient when it comes to dollars. It doesn't mean I'm allowed to rob a bank. And the people who reject that type of theory, well, they're people who should be looked at askew. Because what is the difference? In both cases, I wanted a better life for my children. You're only quibbling about the how. One person broke into the country, I broke into a bank. What's the difference? Laws were violated. The difference is you, not you, but they, them, I, I don't want to otherize, but I'm, you know who I'm referring to. They've decided that one set of laws is extremely important and another set of laws, whatever. And that's what's not tenable. They are willing to turn themselves into pretzels, maneuver and manipulate to make what is absolutely unacceptable seem like it's good and benevolent. 
That's some diseased thinking. It must be difficult to look someone in the eye and say, you had didn't come here of your own accord, but you got to go. I think that is actually a very difficult conversation. I will admit I've gone back and forth on it, and in some ways I still do. Do I take somebody who didn't do anything wrong? Let's be perfectly clear. The child of the family, of the parents that came into the country illegally didn't do anything wrong. The child that was created didn't do anything wrong. Sins of the father? Ooh, I got a real problem with that. But I equally have a problem with the idea of profiting from the sins of the father. If I rob the bank and I take, uh, uh, what's a good amount of money to rob from a bank producer? Are you a million bucks? Two million. Two million bucks. I rob the bank. I take two million bucks, and I'm like, here, 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 kids. Uh, here's another uh, gaming system, and, and uh, here's a, here's another computer, and oh, here's a car, and here's this, and here's that. And I get arrested for robbing the bank. The kids don't get to keep any of it. The money goes away. The things are taken back. They don't get to profit off of my crime. And we need to look at it as a crime, a word that never gets used in this conversation. How could it be anything but? Well, Tony, it's an unfair comparison you're making. How is it an unfair comparison that I'm making? You robbed the bank just to enrich yourself. Whoa, 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 whoa. Did I mention the gaming system for my kids? So it wasn't just to enrich myself. It was to give them a better life. I mentioned a car. They need to be able to get to work. Oh, was it just for joyriding? Just for cruising down uh, the streets, picking up as as much uh, hookers and blow as they could? No! It's about going to work so they can go out there and make a living. They just needed a little a little boost, a little push, a little a little oomph, a little zhuzh. That's all I did. I gave him a little zhuzh. I robbed the bank two million bucks. There you go. A little help. You just needed a little help. What's the difference? We don't look at breaking into the country illegally as a crime. We never say it's a crime. It is a crime. Again, that is not to say that the person breaking into the country is this evil, horrible person. Now, some people are evil, horrible people. Which is why you have to know who's coming into the country, because there may be some people that you don't want to come into the country. I don't think you need to bring drug dealers into the country. I don't think you have to allow rapists into the country. I think you're allowed to have a standard. As a matter of fact, you should have a standard. And some people you should say, no, you are not welcome. Well, Tony, that's bigoted. No, it's not. You're crazy. You're not willing to call it a crime. How in the world could those people who are not willing to call it a crime, how can they be thought of as acceptable to decide what kind of person comes in? They won't even admit to the fact that someone's breaking the law. Now you, can't, you, you can't be that obtuse and be in charge. You can't, you can't have that. You cannot have that. So in the same way that I agree, and I agree That's the child who's brought over the border. The child who is born, created, is not guilty. I absolutely agree. I also agree that they cannot benefit 
from the crimes of their parents. So I do I believe in their deportation? The answer is no, I don't. Thought about that a lot. And how, how would you do it? A kid comes over when they're three, and, and, and we're not saying this is, this is the case in terms of 11 million, but this is the case in terms of quite a few thousand, right? Maybe more than quite a few thousand. It's not the totality of the number, it's a part of the number. Where would you deport them to? They're not from there. They don't know anything about Mexico or Honduras or Colombia or Guatemala. They don't know anything about the place. We, you can't do it. I, I am not comfortable in doing it. But I'm also not comfortable in their parents being given a chance to become citizens. Their parents should not be allowed to become citizens. There must be a stop to the situation where people cross illegally, which is why the wall was such an important conversation. Even if it wasn't a physical wall that would be built, I'd always said I'd never actually expected a physical wall to be built. I was surprised when they started building one. I always, I always took it, I guess, in the, in the more ethereal conversation. It was just the idea about strong security. No, it was, he was, Trump was about a wall. And he's not 100% wrong. And when I say not 100% wrong, I mean he's not wrong. Not wrong about it. Walls work. Just look what they've got up around the Capitol. Take a look what they've got around Mark Zuckerberg's house. Walls work. But you, you, you can't allow people to profit from the crime. And when they want to say we're going to get rid of calling them aliens and we're going to refer to them as non-citizens... You are talking about a, a wordplay that is trying to erase the crime. And I have no plans of doing that. I argue that people who broke the law, and we know it, should be sent back. Absolutely, positively, and without question that we should engage a full border shutdown while ensuring that legal immigration is maybe a better system, a faster system, a smarter system. I'm up for all those conversations. No problem with legal immigration. We also have to admit the fact that there are economic realities to immigration and the work that has to be done in the United States. There's a value to it. And it's a value to multiple nations. Let's engage that properly as opposed to being afraid of it. Oh, they're just taking American jobs. No, they're not. They're, they're, They're not. And what we need to create are more American jobs by bringing manufacturing back from China. Watch the jobs that get created. Solid, worthy jobs. Yeah, you're going to pay more for a t-shirt at Walmart, but that's the price you pay. Because that's the price you pay for not being abused by other nations. Those kids, those born here, I believe should be able to stay. I believe they should be allowed to stay. But I am not so sure they get the pathway to citizenship. But I am not so sure that I don't want them not to have the rights as citizens. So when I take a look at this, 11 million people, bringing them out of the shadows first, uh, that was Democratic Senator Bob Menendez. They're in the shadows. They've never been in the shadows. They actually hold rallies and marches in D.C. What a a line. What a a crock. They're, They're not in the shadows. You made it up. You made it up. 
you can't start thinking about some level of how you make this change until you're willing to admit that you have to stop people from crossing the border illegally. And until you do that, you can't even go down this road. But an eight-year path to citizenship for uh, approximately 11 million people? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Those children? That is a different subject. And and an honest uh, look at it uh, gets you there. But I don't believe they should be able to profit off of the crime of their parents. I just don't think that we win anything by punishing them, by sending them to a place they may have never been. This is a bad immigration plan because it does not start with telling the truth. Coming into the country illegally is a crime, and we should never reward crime. And until we stop the people coming in illegally, we can't go any further. No, no one gets a path to citizenship. First admit that it's a crime, and then stop that crime to the best of your ability from happening. Then we can have a conversation. And it will be one that requires us to be open. I'm Tony Katz. You see, I, like you, aren't, interesting, aren't interested in living a life that makes us crazy. Right? There, there's no win in that. There's no plus in that. There's, there's nothing good about a world where you have to exist being angry about everything all the time. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833 got Tony. 833-468-8669. That's that's a terrible world. Angry. You want to see angry? Check out the people who responded to my piece at NBC News about Rush Limbaugh. Holy cow. Holy cow. The viciousness, the hate, the... I can't remember the last time I was glad somebody was dead. All right, this is a true story. When when Osama bin Laden was killed, I think it was Osama bin Laden. Was that the one where they were cheering in New York and they had like like they started rolling the the fire trucks down like Broadway and people were jumping on and celebrating? I think that was it. And I can remember saying, "Huh, that's weird." Now emotionally i understood them but in my head i was saying is that is that what we do celebrating a war being over sure glad a guy is dead don't get me wrong i i shed no tears for osama bin laden (laughs) zero and i'm fine with the fact that he's dead i'm fine with the fact that uh soleimani is dead I could say it was the right move. I could say, finally, that it had to happen. It's different than cheering it. I don't know. There's something about that. It just It, it hits me all sorts of peculiar. It does. It, 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 it hits me odd. Even for somebody as disgusting as that. These people were more upset that Osama bin Laden was killed than Rush Limbaugh, than Rush Limbaugh dying of lung cancer. They were happier about Rush Limbaugh. That's messed up. That's 
That's so diseased. What would make anybody think I'll even read their comments? I'm so busy deleting things on social media, I barely have time for the show. There's something you you can't be that hateful and think that somehow you can make a difference. Now, don't get me wrong. Hate is a motivator. I don't say no, but you can't move me with your hate. You can't scare me with your hate. Delete, delete, delete. I'd move on with my day. You and I are going to continue to have the conversation. That's how it's going to work. But some members of Congress are so angry with President Trump, so upset with President Trump, so outraged with President Trump, I cannot make this up. I would have absolutely positively no way of doing so. They have created legislation now that would prevent President Trump from being buried in Arlington National Cemetery. (laughs) What? This is not a joke. 14 House Democrats introducing a bill to prevent federal funds from being used to commemorate President Trump and to prevent him from being bil- from being buried at Arlington. So if somebody wanted to have uh, like a, um, I don't know, it's a memorial to Trump or, or you know, the, the, the Trump courthouse or, or whatever the case may be, they've actually put their names to legislation to say that's not acceptable. It it, it would not have dawned on me. It wouldn't have dawned on me to be that angry. It wouldn't have dawned on me to be that ridiculous. It wouldn't have dawned on me to think, well, this is a rational way we should go about things. As ridiculous and silly and as pathetic as anything out there. So please, don't just think, you know, they're dancing on the grave of Rush Limbaugh. They can't can't get over their hate. It's hard to deal with somebody who has that much hate in their soul. It's hard to have a country focused when people in charge have that much hate in their soul. Hard to focus on the people when you're focused on this. I'm Tony Katz. So retail sales were up 5%, 5.3%. And they're saying the reason, uh, of course, is, is the $600 check. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. That's a problem. And I know, I know it's, 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 it's a weird way to, to, to say that. Uh, the idea that we can spend our way into prosperity, right? That government spending is the way to move uh, um, the markets and get the economy going is John Maynard Keynes, right? And economists can get far more into the weeds than I can. Keynesian economics. Right? The, the idea that, 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 that you, you prime the pump with government spending and what you'll get is that money flowing. I certainly am much more in the category of F.A. Hayek. H-A-Y-E-K. 
I mean, the road serfdom must be, it, it, it's, it's required, uh, at, at least a knowledge base, if not a full reading. And certainly the idea of, of savings and certainly the idea of, uh, as I would see it, and this is a layman's way of sharing it, the people being able to do the work and making the decisions. Because the government spending must come from somewhere and therefore the debt comes due. So what is it that we're really spending? We're spending now to not have to worry about later. And that's... I think that's a valueless proposition, and I don't know any business owners. You're, you're, uh, you know, small business owners of, of different stripes, and you, you can't say, well, "Well, we'll spend now, and it'll have no effect on later." Of course, it has an effect on later. The very fundamental of spending is to say, "This is what we value." The one thing that Joe Biden has been saying for years that I thought is like a really good line. His his dad said to him, and there's no way of proving that that's what his dad said to him, but I'll take him at his word for it. Show me a man's budget, and I'll tell you what he values. That's absolutely positively true. That is undeniable. It's a good line. Don't, don't be like, oh, it's Joe Biden. I can't use it. Use it. Take it. Share it with your kids. Show me a man's budget, and I'll show you what he values. Don't judge what he values, but a look at a budget will show you what you find important. Did you find savings important or did you find going to a concert important? Going out to dinner important? Buying a couple of cigars important? Buying a pair of sneakers important? Buying a car important? Wait, what was it that you valued? What was it that made sense? I, I think that's, that's, that's really good. Really, really good. Well, we have to ask ourselves what it is that we indeed value in this whole idea of spending and not recognizing that the money has to come from somewhere. The spending doesn't come from an existence. The money doesn't just exist. It, the, the value gets created. And the money that you're now giving to people, whether it's a $600 check, the $2,000 check, the insanity, well, it comes from somewhere. It absolutely comes from somewhere. And to, to fail to recognize this by saying, oh, look, retail sales are up 5.3%. That's absolutely true. But it's not something that we should be encouraged about. We should be encouraged about a jump in retail sales that comes from people making their own decisions with their own dollar, which means about getting life back open and getting people working again. There was a piece out. It was in Barron's, Barron's.com, and it quoted the guys from J.P. Morgan. And that their analysts went to work at looking at coronavirus and vaccine rates and figured, uh, we're okay in April. We're okay in April? Yeah. Well, you take a look at the numbers. You take a look at how things are working. You take a look at um, um, the, how these things are effective, the efficacy. You take a look at the, the, the Pfizer one. On the first vaccine, they're saying 85%. On the first shot, people are taking two shots. You can create, whether, whether you would call it herd immunity or just have enough people, that things are, we've got this thing beat. Now, that's very, very contrary to Dr. Anthony Fauci, who's telling you you're going to wear a mask until you die. All right, 2022. Just like, just like Joe Biden's saying, he's now mimicking. He's mimicking Joe Biden. But we don't trust Dr. Anthony Fauci. Anyway, and let me say it again. I do not trust Anthony Fauci. 
I have no doubt that he has medical expertise, but anytime he's in front of a camera, he'll say anything to be loved. He just wants the attention. No one should trust Anthony Fauci. Let me put it into a context in what's what's going on with today's world. Ted Cruz was wrong to go to Cancun, and he clearly didn't tell the full story about why he came back. He was planning to stay for the weekend. Anthony Fauci talking about two masks, then one mask, and then we could do this, but we can't do that, and then, oh, we can open schools, but we can't open schools, is 10,000% worse, and why that's not a front-page story everywhere, every single day, is reasons why people don't trust media. There. Happy to... (laughs) Happy to make that all come together. The $600 was spent on new furniture, clothing, and appliances. Now, the new furniture thing is kind of fascinating because when coronavirus first hit and everybody was staying at home, I don't know about you, I tried to find a desk. It was impossible. Ikea. I don't know if you have an Ikea near where you live. Ikea. You could not find a desk. They didn't have one. Online, you could not find a desk. They they didn't exist. Why? Everybody purchased a desk because they were working from home. And if you told me you took a $600 stimulus check and you bought yourself a desk, I could absolutely understand it because it would made you or, or, or your family more efficient. The only way we found a desk is we found somebody selling one on uh, it was, it was like the Facebook marketplace or next door or something like that. And my wife said yes, and then said, I'm going to pick this up. And I'm like, is that a desk? And she's like, yes. I'm like, what size is it? She goes, I don't know. I'm just going to get it. Happened to work out great. Happened to work out great. I mean, it happened to work out great because we, we, we have this desktop computer that over the, it, it was even before the summer, I built with my kids. Like we went out and we, we got some help from a, a local uh, high school uh, computer teacher who was super helpful in showing us where we can get the parts. We, we were making sure we were getting things from either Taiwan or, 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 or Japan and trying to avoid China to the best of our ability. And we were going through it. We bought it all. We put it together. And it was, it was a little stressful, but a lot of fun. It works great. We just happened to have this extra machine just as everything went into the world of, of lockdown. Right? I could see where people would buy things, buying appliances. If your oven is gone, is, is shot, and you can't go out to eat, you might need a new oven. Absolutely true. But the money came from somewhere. So we shouldn't be celebrating a retail sales jump of 5.3%. Sure, these businesses sold things. I'm happy for them. That debt comes due. We jumped 5.3% not on what we created, but what, what was on what was given. That's a different number, guys. That's a different, different number. We can't, can't pretend otherwise. Let's, let's not... We should cheer the things that need to be cheered. And that number, that ain't it. I'm Tony Katz. So there is a radio host in Wisconsin who has been indefinitely suspended for a post made on Facebook critical of Rush Limbaugh. 
Well, here's a unique turn of events. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today on Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Find the podcast at TonyKatz.com. Also up on Spotify, you can find it there as well. And of course, Rumble, rumble Rumble.com is where you always find it. So blames Rush for damaging discourse in America. His program was steeped in bigotry, misogyny, hypocrisy, lies, and malice. I will not celebrate his death, but I will not feel sorry for it either. The world is in a better place, or is a better place, without Rush Limbaugh in it. You just felt the need to to share it? Hey, go right ahead. And then the the, the group that owns the, the station is like, uh, you know, we appreciate our listeners, our sponsors, our advertisers. Want to assure each one of you this matter is being addressed swiftly. It's interesting because it's a very other way conversation than we usually see things. I oppose cancel culture. I don't think this guy should, should be suspended. I oppose cancel culture. If you want to stop listening, you stop listening. The sponsor wants to stop advertising, they stop advertising. Now, it's, there's also, as we've often discussed, there's contractual obligations, right? You, 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 you are a representation of, of, of your stations, whether you, you're a local host, which, which I am in Indianapolis, or whether you're a, 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 a regional or a national host, which I am on two different programs. You, I, I take that very seriously. And it's one of the reasons that I do so little on social media. I just find it interesting that it's an it's one that goes the other way. There's been a conversation about whether or not the right is canceling the right. I think it's actually kind of fascinating because um, it's uh, it, it it is indeed a problem, and 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 that problem goes into where is the GOP? I, I'm going to share with you in the next hour uh, a tweet from Representative Matt Gates, who is uh, uh, producer Ari's favorite. The worst, worst Producer person. Ari loves Matt Gates in a way that is just, it's its irrational. Stop. He's don't. got a big poster up. Don't. He, light, he lights candles, votives. Um, you know, uh, he, he he's not only naming all of his children Matt, but he sometimes refers to his wife as Matt. That is not true. Science. You're, you're right, Ari. Everybody was believing me. You had to tell people that's not true in order for them to be in on the gag. People, you're a well-respected man, Tony Katz. We'll take you at your word. <laughs> and you speak for all the Jews, so I wanted to make sure that I am not going <sighs> to Well, let me tell you, I, I, I only wish I spoke for all of my people. They'd be a lot better off. They'd be a lot better off. I once said that on Fox. I, they, they were referring to someone was referring to Donald Trump as an anti-Semite. I said, "Look, I speak for all the Jews. He's not an anti-Semite. Don't be ridiculous." And people were like, "You don't speak for me," as if I actually thought I spoke for you. But if I spoke for you, your life would be better off if you would just listen for five minutes. You yuts! I got It's an interesting thing that's happened here, and I don't think it's a good thing. Man wants to vocalize his opinion feel free it's just a weird thing it's it's just you have to accept the fact that something will come back to you 
You have to accept the fact that when you put yourself out into the world, whether you're behind the mic like I am or behind the camera, or, or I should say in front of the camera or something else, uh, whether it's your own uh, social media post, these things can come back. I, I, I don't think there's a problem with that. I think there's a problem with the idea of concentrated and concerted efforts to therefore ruin you. When uh, a, a, a bakery... Near me, there, there's a bakery that was told, you have to have a statement about Black Lives Matter. And they're like, uh, we, we sell donuts. And, and they're oh, no, 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 no. You have to have a statement about how you support Black Lives Matter. And they're like, we sell donuts. And we sell donuts to anybody who walks in the door. Wasn't good enough. And so there was a movement online to embarrass and to shame and to attack and to try and uh, ruin their business. They didn't do anything wrong. They didn't say what other people told them to say. They didn't say anything wrong. They didn't say anything bad. They didn't say anything bigoted. They didn't say anything rude. And they sell amazing donuts. But because they didn't say what some other group commanded them to say, demanded them to say, threatened them to say, basically said, hey, you got a nice donut shop here. It'd be a shame if something happened to it. So they went on to went on to social media uh, all, all over and tried to destroy this local business. Well, that's wrong. We don't like what Tucker Carlson said. We should work aggressively at attacking his sponsors and putting pressure campaigns. You mean he has an opinion different than yours? No, he's a misogynist. No, he's not. He's a racist. No, he's not. You have zero proof of this. You just don't like what he has to say. Your desire is to shut down anybody who disagrees with you. And it doesn't matter that you don't, that you don't believe in free speech for others. As long as you can force these other people to do your bidding. You see this in companies all the time. Any company that wrote a $20 million check to any Black Lives Matter group was paying for their freedom. Please don't hurt me. That's what they did. Wrote the check, please don't hurt me. Wrote the check, I'm a good person. Wrote the check, I'm not racist. Because they wrote big checks. It was a shakedown. That part was a shakedown. Not everybody can, you know, handle the dollars for a shakedown, so they have to do other things to prove that they're good. That happens in that direction those are two different stories this one now with with this host out of wisconsin is another one you have to deal with the ramifications of your words that's far different than dealing with the ramifications of not saying something somebody else wants you to say because somebody else demanding you say something well that's criminally insane you should fight back against that and the people who are demanding the statement they will be wrong i could say that you know, so-and-so should apologize. Ilhan Omar, the representative from Minnesota, should apologize for her anti-Semitism. I can't command it. She should do it. She should also stop hating Jews. But, you know, she's going to live her life. And her life involves uh, bilking millions out of people who donate to her campaign and being a bigot. She has the right to do, I guess, the, the second part. I really think we should investigate her on the first. This cancel concept is bad stuff. And yeah, it, it, it is real. This idea that you can only have one way of thinking. And if the right wants to play the game that you can only have one way of thinking on the right, oh, holy hell, we got bigger problems than I thought.
Is this radio host from Wisconsin right? Nice. No, Yutz. I would call him a Yutz nose to nose. But he can he can post it. I think it's interesting that he was suspended for it. I'm actually more bothered by it than anything else. Facebook Tony Katz Radio, Parlor Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz today.